Welcome to On The Mic, the brand new podcast show by Yahoo Singapore. If you're new to podcasts, you can use the player to start, pause and scroll through the recording. I'm your host, Dani Osman, and today we'll be continuing our series of interviews with candidates standing in the upcoming general election. My guest is Kenneth Jayaratnam, Secretary General of the Reform Party. He's taking his team to contest at Amokyo GRC, the home turf of Prime Minister Lee Sen Lung. This interview was conducted on July 4th. Hi, Kenneth. Hi, Danny. How are you today? I'm good. Yeah, we're very busy, obviously. Oh, I'm sure. Um, sure. We are, you know, with the election, mm -hmm. our uh, teams have been out on the ground today, but obviously extremely hampered because um, the new the rules of operating under COVID. Mm -hmm. um, you know, this is not an, uh, as we've said repeatedly, this is not. Uh, the Prime Minister shouldn't have called a snap election now. Mm -hmm. um, there was every reason to wait. Yes. Uh, and how, how is the old campaign, despite all the regulations, how is it going so far? Well, it's, you know, it's despite all the uh, difficulties um, imposed by the fact that you, don't, you can't do rallies, mm -hmm. uh, it's going pretty well. Uh, the reaction from I hear from my teams on the ground is mm -hmm. that um, we're getting a very warm reception in areas, as you know, we're standing in the Prime Minister's constituency, mm -hmm. and we're getting a very warm reception from many of the residents there. And how's the digital campaigning going? Uh, the digital campaigning is going well, actually. Um, I suppose I'm, uh, you know, an early adopter of technology, mm -hmm. uh, despite, um, you know, my, uh, I suppose, um, uh, the fact that I've been around for a long time, mm -hmm. um, but uh, you know it's it's going well. We've been doing a number of um, I've been putting up videos, mm -hmm. uh, and also um, we've been doing live outreach sessions mm -hmm. with um, the residents and with um, Singaporeans. So mm -hmm. We've done four or five of them now, mm -hmm. and uh, actually it's um, it's. It's a game changer, really, because uh, in the past, uh, when you had to rely on the, you know, the government-owned media, mm -hmm. what you tend to get was they would never ask you questions about the manifesto. Mm -hmm. uh, they would always um, instead you know, focus on irrelevancies like trying to create disagreements between the opposition, focusing on three-cornered fights. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, so, you know, we, we finally get a chance to talk about the ideas in our manifesto and, uh, you know, the ideas for improving Singaporeans' lives. Mm -hmm. So do you think yeah. the online space has actually, like, has been more freeing in, the, in that sense? Uh, the online space is, um, yes, I mean, it, it allows you to reach out and I suppose it's a more of a level playing field. Mm -hmm. uh, but, but, you know, you've got all the, um, the government-owned media as well. Mm -hmm. uh, so what we've found with this election is, despite the promise to provide uh, greater resources to the opposition to fight mm -hmm. uh, it this fairly, it's still being fought uh, very much as a traditional election. Uh, we've found, you know, MDA... Uh, very inflexible in their um, regulations, etc. 
despite this being a digital election, mm -hmm. they are unable to accommodate uh, remote um, be patching in or making a broadcast mm, uh, right. electronically. You have to be at MDA headquarters. Just for listeners who are unfamiliar with uh, RP's manifesto this year, um, what is Build Back Better, Fairer about? Well, uh, you know, I think the, let me just contrast it with what, um, you know, I think the PAP manifesto is about, which mm -hmm. is about, you know, like a pressure cooker, just give Singaporeans enough to keep them happy. Mm -hmm. And um, let's keep control. But our manifesto is about uh, a new deal, really, mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, changing the way the, the whole economic model. Um, and refocusing it on the welfare of Singaporeans. Mm -hmm. Like, um, you know, we don't support the fetishization of the reserves. Mm -hmm. um, we want to, you know, my objective in getting into parliament is to uh, bring, you know, forensic uh, skills on items like uh, how much do we have in the reserves and the mm -hmm. questions of why um, we can't, uh, as we argue in our manifesto, allocate a set percentage of the reserves, which would be, you know, part of the interest on the reserves mm -hmm. to uh, greater spending. In fact, what we want to see is um, what the finance minister is spending this year. Uh, mm -hmm. He says it's $90 billion on helping COVID. I make it about actually uh, really about $40 billion. Mm -hmm. But... Um, uh, you know, if we can spend another 40 billion extra every year, mm -hmm. there's no reason why uh, Singaporeans should have, um, as we advocate in the manifesto, universal health care, right. um, a senior's pension, mm -hmm. and um, also child benefit. Mm -hmm. And you guys recently also uh, released a green manifesto, is that right? Uh, we did, yes. That's um, very excited about that. Um, and I think it's generated quite a lot of buzz mm -hmm. um, on the uh, internet. Um, certainly, you know, we haven't had in previous elections the level of interest in uh, because you know behind after COVID, mm -hmm. when we build back, we've got to recognise that you know after COVID, the second biggest threat looming is is climate change. Mm -hmm. And uh, the economic model that um, the PAP have um, pursued since independence, mm -hmm. well, they haven't pursued it really. It's something that has been fortuitous, the growth mm -hmm. in global trade, globalization, um, you know, in industrialization and growth mm -hmm. in China, etc. Uh, all that has benefited Singapore and the growth of the aviation industry and tourism. All of that um, has become problematic now. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, firstly, we've got very low oil prices as a result of depressed demand, and mm -hmm. um, that's damaged our refining industry. Uh, and you know, we've, we've had a fall off in, in global aviation, which mm -hmm. has put in doubt um, the huge amounts that the government has spent on new terminals right. at Changi. Um, but so you know. We have to find uh, perhaps uh, you know new businesses, new uh, 
new jobs in, in new sectors. And mm-hmm. if we can pivot towards uh, uh, green technologies, mm. I think, right. um, you know, the government has done very little on that front uh, so far, just by paying lip service uh, to it. For instance, they signed the uh, Paris Accords, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, they're only committed to zero carbon sometime after 2050, whereas we'd like to see it being come as close as possible to mm-hmm. zero by 2050. I mean, Singapore is not significant in the global emitter, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think we set an example. And um, if we invest in, in this now, we can mm-hmm. um, be a leader or a niche in, in many of the green uh, technologies. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not an... I can't profess to be an expert in this area, but mm-hmm. but it's still an issue that you are hoping to raise in Parliament. The fact that we need to yes, pay more yes. attention to climate change. Yeah, yeah. and, and uh, there's, for instance, you know, why we we would like to see um, a date for the phasing out of petrol and diesel cars. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Singapore is a small island. Why can't we have um, widespread charging stations and point-to-point mm-hmm. electric car clubs. Mm-hmm. You know, why are we generating, uh, we are still generating, you know, I assume that it's economics, but mm-hmm. 70% of our energy is coming from natural gas. Um, but, uh, you know, there are, um, I've seen studies showing that we could generate uh, 48% or something from uh, floating solar islands mm-hmm. or solar panels. And this uh, Green Manifesto, did it come from feedback from a younger generation of your supporters or your members? Uh, it came from, uh, yeah, I think, um, well, it came from feedback. I think, you know, there's a growing, in just as space worldwide, there's a growing environmental movement um, globally. You know, mm-hmm. you have the climate demonstrations in London mm-hmm. and other global cities Um but uh, Singapore with the um, restrictions on protests, mm-hmm. uh, you haven't had perhaps the um, same, it hasn't raised awareness. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think there is uh, a growing support for climate change policies in mm-hmm. Singapore. And uh, are there any other major issues that you're pursuing through your manifesto? Well, we've, uh, you know, we've said that uh, we want to uh, address, you know, we believe that uh, inequality between and non-discrimination based on um, race, uh, sex, gender, sexual orientation, mm-hmm. uh, language, religion, etc. And one of the uh, big issues, I think, in Singapore is uh, the gender pay gap, mm-hmm. which we'd like to address and uh, have policies for... Um, better representation of women in senior management positions. And we'd start with uh, Tomasic and the state-owned companies mm-hmm. and parliament where, you know, the parties should pledge to um, adopt a target of having um, 50% of their candidates being women. Okay. So you think the current um, parliament makeup is a little imbalanced in terms of the gender ratio? I think... Uh, it is, yes, but uh, yeah, it's improving, but it's it's still got a long way to go. And moving on to the RP's campaign in Angmokyo and Raden Mas, uh, you guys fielded 11 candidates in 2011 and 2015. 
but only six yeah. this year. Um, was that like a strategic kind of move to focus on certain areas instead? Well, firstly, I think uh, mm. we are not alone mm-hmm. in fielding less candidates. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think all the major parties have fielded uh, less. Uh, Workers' Party has come down from, mm-hmm. I think, what was it, 28 to 21. Right. Yes. Uh, PSP obviously were not around, and uh, but um, you know NSP have also come down. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, um, you know, we we uh, worked in we stood in West Coast when nobody else wanted to stand. But mm-hmm. uh, this election, um, we decided magnanimously to concede it to. Uh, Dr. Tan, mm-hmm. uh, given his previous record as an as MP in Ayaraja, mm-hmm. uh, because you know our interest is is not, um, our, you know, we've got the unselfish interest of trying to maximise the opposition's chances of getting into Parliament. Mm-hmm. And uh, why contest in Almokir again? Is there a message you want to send? Well, we contest. You know, this is our. Um, ground, we've walked the ground here, mm-hmm. we contested in 2011 and 2015, mm-hmm. albeit with a different team, mm-hmm. uh, Ben. So we know the ground here. Um, again, Angmokir was a GRC, but nobody else wanted to contest at mm-hmm. the time. Um, so, you know, we're taking the battle to the PM's ward. Uh, you know, there's some, you know, he's surrounded himself mm-hmm. Um, like a fortress in Angmokyo. Mm-hmm. It's got, I had a look at the statistics, it's got 185,000 electors okay. for a five-man GRC, mm-hmm. which is uh, uh, 50,000 more than Tanjong Parker, which mm-hmm. is exactly the same number of MPs. Right. So, you know, I find that uh, strange. Mm-hmm. And the reception we've got from uh, people, you know, residents on the ground is that, um, a lot of them, because they keep altering the boundaries of right. Amokio, taking bits out, putting bits in, mm-hmm. and they're sick and tired of being gerrymandered. Okay. And uh, do you think your support base has grown since the 2015 election? I think um, this election is, uh, you know, a very difficult one for the opposition. Um, you know, they... Uh, as I said, the government is calling a snap election when mm-hmm. the opposition are under even more of a disadvantage than usual. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I would say is that uh, we are definitely, you know, with our manifesto and our green manifesto, we are, we are getting more awareness, I think, um, among uh, Singaporeans. And um, could you tell us a bit about your Angmokyo team, like um, who they are and what they bring to the table? Well, uh, let me start with um, the um, chairman and mm-hmm. or chair uh, of the party, Andy, um, Andy Zhu. Um, Andy is actually a veteran. Yes. You know, he joined the Reform Party before I did. Mm-hmm. In fact, um, while my father was still alive, mm-hmm. um, you know, Andy is uh, a great, um, I would call him, He's not an MP yet, but he would make a great constituency MP mm-hmm. because he's always um, very good at uh, talking to the residents on the ground, mm-hmm. learning their uh, problems, um, you know, sp- speaks dialect, uh, and um, 
he's like the glue that holds the party together. Mm -hmm. uh, he does a lot of the organizational and logistics work. Uh, really, he's he's very indispensable. Mm -hmm. uh, his background is, um, I think, he's um, a property uh, sales agent. Mm -hmm. um, and then moving on to the rest of the team, we have um, uh, Charles Yeo, mm -hmm. who's uh, a new candidate. Um, Charles is a criminal defense lawyer. Mm -hmm. um, you know, very uh, obviously. Legal, legally trained, mm -hmm. so um, very hot on uh, areas like law. In fact, he helped to uh, write the climate uh, pledge in the Green Manifesto to in introduce a Climate Change Act. Mm -hmm. But he's also on the um, sort of calling on the forefront of calling for. Uh, an Equality Act in Singapore mm -hmm. and um, measures to um, entrench uh, civil and political rights or rewrite, you know, into the Constitution. Mm -hmm. um, so after Charles, we have um, Noraini, uh, Noraini bin Yunus, who's the uh, treasurer of the party. Uh, Noraini has some several degrees, including um, MBA. Mm, okay. uh, she's um, or she, and uh, you know she, she's represented the party internationally mm -hmm. uh, when we've been invited to various um, conferences. Right. Um, yeah. So she, and uh, she um, yeah be yeah represents uh, I suppose the, the women's wing of the party. Mm -hmm. And for... um, so you think? And after yeah. Noraini, yeah. we have um, Darren, mm -hmm. uh, Darren Soguan Soon, mm -hmm. who's uh, his background is um, you know he's got a very inspiring story, mm -hmm. uh, backstory because uh, he grew up in a one-room flat, a single-parent right. uh, family, uh, five siblings. Um, so you know he's. Uh, passionate about being a spokesperson for the uh, less well-off in Singapore. Mm -hmm. And uh, in terms of someone like Charles, who's been getting a lot of attention since he's been doing a lot of the speaking, he seems like a very passionate young guy who's unafraid to speak his mind. Does he represent like a new generation of Reform Party? His uh, I, his mentor is uh, M. Rabi, mm. uh, whose mentor and uh, Rabi's mentor is... JBJ. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's obviously a line there. And I right. think that was what uh, attracted him to the Reform Party, was that it was the party of JBJ. Mm -hmm. And speaking of issues on the ground, like uh, what's the feedback you've been hearing from Amokyo residents about what, what they're facing right now? And how badly has the pandemic affected them? I, I think the, you know, the main things see us now are, are, are job losses. Mm -hmm. um, or is, you know, that's a very serious issue. I mean, I saw the retail sales had dropped by 59% mm -hmm. year on year in May. Yes. Um, obviously, you know, with 880 arrivals into Singapore, mm -hmm. um, the tourism industry has gone to zero. Yes. Um, 
So, uh, you know, job losses are the foremost worry now. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why, you know, we support um, substantial, we support the level of government spending. In fact, we think they should be spending more, particularly putting cash in the hands of Singaporeans to, to uh, allow them to spend. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, what was, uh, so, yes, so, um, concerns with Anglo-Kyo residents, apart from job losses, mm-hmm. um, I think quite a lot, you know, are, are fairly low income. Mm-hmm. And then there's the, what we've seen on the ground is um, crumbling estates, mm-hmm. uh, blocks that were built in the 70s, uh, spalling, right. um, and, uh, you know, but... Uh, maintenance hasn't been good or the construction was substandard to start mm-hmm. with uh, for these older blocks. Um, and of course, uh, there's the ticking time bomb of the fact that um, HDB uh, is only a 99-year leasehold. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> they face um, not so far down the road the problem of declining property values, uh, which is something that we have pledged to tackle by um, giving uh hdb owners the right to bear freehold or the right to purchase their freehold mm-hmm. or an extension of their lease and have the residents said anything about what the government has been giving out in terms of the COVID 19 relief packages and all like what have you heard about i that? think the the main sentiment is um disappointment mm-hmm. that uh it doesn't really address the problems because, uh, you know, I think most of them say they've got $600. I think some of the lower income groups are getting 900 mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, it's it's not... Uh, when you consider the amounts that um, are freely bandied about, like um, Tin Pei Ling saying that they had got given away 23000 mm-hmm. the government had spent 23000 but the direct support only seems, to, I worked it out, was about $600, mm-hmm. about $2.5 billion. So, uh, you know, a lot is going to support uh, state-owned companies mm-hmm. uh, to, to prop up to Masek, but um, not enough is going to ordinary Singaporeans. And uh, taking a step back a bit um, to just talk about your father. I mean, I'm sure you've he was such a formidable figure in opposition politics, and you've probably been asked this before. But for our younger listeners, um, what do you learn about from him about politics? Well, of course, you know, I grew up um, in my family. Uh, politics was always the center of our lives, mm-hmm. uh, Singapore politics. So I knew most of um the opposition figures of the previous generation from, mm-hmm. you know, the friends of my dad's or at our house, like David Marshall um, and um, Chums, well, uh, we knew Chumsi Tong, mm-hmm. obviously. Uh, my father knew him. Uh, uh, Lutia Kang was his uh, protege. Yes. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, uh, uh, so was, um, you know, Dr. Chi. Mm-hmm. Yep. Or Chi Sun Juan was his protege, mm-hmm. I suppose, even though he was in a different party. Yes. Or he was a friend. Yeah. And what and what do you learn from like mixing with these figures? And like, what was the moment that you decided you like learned about what Singapore politics is about and what got you interested in joining it? Well, you know, we grew up in, I grew up in Rebecca Road. I went to, I 
primary school in St. Andrews. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember that um, I was uh, threatened with caning three mm-hmm. times, but never actually caned. Okay. But uh, I remember once um, a group of us were, uh, I think they, this, the national anthem or the saying of a pledge or whatever, mm-hmm. we weren't paying attention. So uh, we were all uh, lined up and to be slapped, but uh, I managed to duck out of the way. <laughs> okay. So I didn't get slapped. So, uh, and then, um, you know, the uh, clouds became a bit darker from mm-hmm. that because uh, my mother had uh, was ill with cancer. And mm-hmm. then, you know, she died in 1980 mm-hmm. when I was 21. So, um, that was sad, and then, uh, yeah, I was um, uh, after Cambridge. I did work here briefly, but it became clear that you know I wouldn't uh, be able to get. Um, it would be difficult to uh, get a job or advance my career mm-hmm. just because of who my dad was. Mm-hmm. And was that like was this like uh, contributory to you going into politics? Is uh, finally. Uh, well, um, you know, I suppose I was always interested in in politics. Uh, in fact, um, you know, I had a hand in writing the WP manifesto, okay. uh, which I think until recently that um, uh, formed the basis for their current manifesto. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, so I was always, um, but I never. Um, obviously I was too busy, uh, building a career and mm-hmm. I was in, uh, invest, uh, financial services and, uh, proprietary trading, then hedge funds, um, investment management, mm-hmm. uh, before that. And, uh, you know, after 2009, I suppose I've been involved, uh, more or less full time as, um, the leader of a reform party. And I mean, it's been like over a decade now, as you said, that you've been in politics. And I mean, you've faced challenges at the election, uh, during the elections, and you've received a fair amount of criticism. But to you, has it all been worth it? Um, I, yeah, I mean, I don't know um, what... Uh, I think um, it. I've definitely changed the, uh, the game here mm-hmm. because, um, you know, I've shone a light on uh, the fact I think many is what I, much of what I, I've been saying over the last 10 years has become mainstream now mm-hmm. um, the questions over the reserves um, questions uh, why uh, you know the prime minister's wife is head of Tomasic and what, what do you think uh, looking at the big picture I mean you've known the old opposition leaders and you've seen things change up to now what do you think of the state of opposition politics right now there seem to be more parties than ever. Is, is that a good sign to you? Well, I think it's um, what has happened is that uh, going back to what uh, you said earlier about whether it's been worth it, mm-hmm. um, you know, but when I first uh, entered, I suppose opposition was a fairly dirty word. But when you can see that the prime minister's own brother is saying, you know, you can love Singapore, but you don't necessarily, you don't have to love the PAP. Mm-hmm you can see that things have changed. 
So, um, you know, I think uh, the government would like to paint it as uh, opposition is irrelevance and a waste of time, mm-hmm. uh, you know, but all you need, I mean, they're banging on about um, wanting only saying Singaporeans should uh, don't have to vote for opposition because they're getting 12 NCMPs. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, the PAP's objective since the days of my dad is always to be um, to say that you don't need opposition. In fact, uh, it's just destructive. And do you see the opposition like working more closely together going forward? I think so, yeah. I think um, there's actually a, <clears throat> a great deal of unity and not much difference in manifestos. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, to a large extent, uh, we can all, uh, you know, almost come under a common umbrella. I know some uh, like to characterize themselves as um, sort of PAP light or close to the PAP mm-hmm. because but I, that's just, I suppose, a marketing ploy because they or they think that uh, that's what will maybe just fear. Mm-hmm. And do you see like maybe there'll be a, a time where maybe an opposition coalition could take away the PAP supermajority? Uh, I hope so, yes. Um, you know, I haven't given up hope that this might happen this election, but mm-hmm. uh, uh, as I said, the, you know, the Prime Minister shouldn't have called an election now, and uh, the only reason he's done so is because you know, he senses a chance, I think, to get in a partisan advantage out of an epidemic. You know, he's gambling with the health of a nation for the sake of, um, uh, for the sake of winning an election. And what do you think that the PAP is gaining about from holding the election right now, as opposed to closer to the towards the end of its um its tenure? You know, I'm not an epidemiologist, so I can't speak for um what will happen next year with COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, only by April next year, I suppose, we'll be that much closer to a vaccine. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I don't want to make any predictions here. But, uh, you know, be, uh, it definitely shouldn't be called now. Um, uh, what is, uh, as we have seen, there been a recent um, cluster of cases in an HDB mm-hmm. block. So, uh, you know, if you are a candidate and you fall ill, you will be tempted to keep it quiet just so that um, you can uh, continue uh, standing. Mm-hmm. or continue with your campaign. And um, just as a last one, like um, I've been asking all my candidates this, like how optimistic are you about, are you about Singapore's future coming out of the election and coming out of the pandemic? Well, uh, I'm not optimistic with uh, the uh, PAP in charge because, um, you know, I think that uh, their model has outlived its usefulness. It's a very basic economic model of... Uh, using low-cost labor yeah. and over-saving mm-hmm. and um, running up big surpluses. Um, so, you know, I think we need a new economic model, and that's what uh, the Reform Party is proposing, mm-hmm. that we orientate the economy more towards consumption. At the moment, consumption is only like some 30% of GDP. Mm-hmm. I think it needs to be nearer 
60 percent i mean in america it's about 70 percent mm-hmm. but um you know there's uh no point in that level of spending and we need to orientate ourselves obviously towards uh i think it is optimistic provided i mean singapore will always be in a, a, a strategic location it mm-hmm. has been since um the 16th century when, uh, you know, uh, uh, the Straits of Malacca had been one of the prime trading routes, mm-hmm. uh, channels. So Singapore, um, you know, it's not a barren rock. It has a huge locational advantages. Mm-hmm. So that would mean that it'll always be important. But we have to um, remake the economy, and that's our plan, you know, to build back uh, better and fairer. And, and and pivot towards you know the green economy, mm-hmm. uh, towards new technologies. And, and do you think there's any um, silver lining to the pandemic in terms of what Singapore society can learn from it? Like in terms of maybe pulling together, having a greater sense of community and so on? I think we can all pull together without losing sight of the fact that uh, that doesn't mean you know abandoning the critical faculty mm-hmm. and uh, giving the PAP a blank check. Right. Um, you know, we, we still need accountability and transparency. Mm-hmm. Uh, you wouldn't trust your, um, you know, you'd want your uh, bank regulated and to be able to get information about your savings there. Mm-hmm. So why shouldn't you get it from this government? Uh, why, why is the prime minister's wife's salary a secret? You know, these are all unacceptable in, mm-hmm. a, in a democracy. Okay. Uh, well, that, that's all I have for you right now, Kenneth. Uh, thank you very much for taking the time to speak with me. All right. Well, thank you. Yeah. And I wish you all the best in the coming election. Thanks. Bye-bye, Danny. And that's all we have for today's episode of On The Mic. It's cooling off day tomorrow, so this marks the end of our election series. I hope you found it as enjoyable and informative as I did. Until next time, stay safe and vote well.